Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson and published by Harvest House Publishers is a resource that'll help you share your faith with Latter-day Saint friends and loved ones. Order your copy of Introducing Christianity to Mormons at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Would LDS President Spencer W. Kimball have supported House Bill 8404? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been talking about what has been referred to as a stunning reversal, something that's huge regarding the support that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has given for a House bill titled the Respect for Marriage Act. It's House Bill 8404. Yesterday, we were talking about the position that 12th President Spencer W. Kimball had when it came to homosexual behavior, and we want to read some of the comments that he made regarding that. But the question that I asked at the beginning of the show, I think, is pretty valid. Why does the LDS Church today lend its support towards this bill that's justifying same-sex marriage? And would leaders of the past had done the same thing? If Spencer Kimball was president now, thinking the way he thought back in the 1960s, would he have lended his support towards this bill? I think the answer is pretty clear that he probably would not, based on what he had written, and also, as we're going to see, what he says in a conference message back in 1980. Let's go to the miracle of forgiveness, Eric. You had mentioned yesterday that you had a conversation with an LDS lady that was furious at you because you were handing out copies of the miracle of forgiveness. Now, we know that that book recently went out of print. We know that they have a new book out that kind of deals with the same issues, although the subject of homosexuality seems to be ignored in that new book, the one that's come out by Neil Anderson, who is currently serving as an LDS apostle. And that's called The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. Well, let's look at what Kimball wrote in his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. And again, this book came out in 1969. What does Kimball say on page 81? In this context, where stands the perversion of homosexuality? Clearly, it is hostile to God's purpose in that it negates the first and great commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. If the abominable practice became universal, it would depopulate the earth in a single generation. It would nullify God's great program for his spirit children in that it would leave countless unembodied spirits in the heavenly world without the chance for the opportunities of mortality and would deny to all the participants in the practice the eternal life God makes available to us all. And of course we need to explain that eternal life in the context of Mormonism is becoming a god and receiving exaltation in the next life. Its whole purpose is the purpose of procreation. This is why Latter-day Saints are married in this mortality for time and eternity, because it's necessary for the married couple to produce children in the hereafter, just as they believe that their god, the one they call Heavenly Father or Elohim, produced children, which resulted in 
us being here on this planet, which they believe is Elohim's world. Kimball also went on on page 82 of that same book to say, after consideration of the evil aspects, the ugliness and prevalence of the evil of homosexuality, the glorious thing to remember is that it is curable and forgivable. He goes on and says, the Lord has promised that all sins can be forgiven except certain ones enumerated. And this evil was not among those named. Thus, it is forgivable if totally abandoned, and if the repentance is sincere and absolute. Now, the reason why I asked the question, do you think with that kind of a mindset that Spencer Kimball would be one of the LDS leadership today to be in favor of this House bill? I can't imagine with Kimball being so vocal on this that he would allow himself to support a bill that seems to favor the very behavior that he is condemning in these comments. That's, the, I think, the confusion that's coming out about this. It's being understood or perhaps misunderstood that the church is changing its positions, that Kimball's views are old school. That's not what we believe anymore. Now, a Latter-day Saint could argue that that was just Kimball's opinion. In fact, that's what that woman tried to tell you when you were handing out Kimball's book in Mesa, Arizona. Well, that's just Kimball's opinion. Uh, I wouldn't say so. I would think you would be on some thin ice as a Latter-day Saint to say that, because not only did Kimball publish this in his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, but he says basically the same thing in a conference message that was delivered in October of 1980, and this can be found in the Ensign magazine, November 1980, and this quote is found on page 97. It's a section titled Homosexuality, and he says, The unholy transgression of homosexuality is either rapidly growing or tolerance is giving it wider publicity. If one has such desires and tendencies, he overcomes them the same as if he had the urge toward petting or fornication or adultery. The Lord condemns and forbids this practice with a vigor equal to his condemnation of adultery and other sex acts, and the church will excommunicate as readily any unrepentant addict. He continues and says, again, contrary to the belief and statement of many people, this sin like fornication, is overcomable and forgivable, but again, only upon a deep and abiding repentance, which means total abandonment and complete transformation of thought and act. The fact that some governments and some churches and numerous corrupted individuals have tried to reduce such behavior from criminal offense to personal privilege does not change the nature nor the seriousness of the practice. Good men, wise men, God-fearing men everywhere still denounce the practice as being unworthy of sons and daughters of God, and Christ's church denounces it and condemns it as long as men and women have bodies which can be defiled. And then he cites out of James chapter 1, verses 8 and, and 12 through 16, and part of it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Blessed is the man who endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, 
bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Quoting James chapter 1 and the things that he said previous to that, Bill, President Kimball did not think that this is something that would ever be something moral people ought to practice. And you asked at the beginning of the show, is is this something that President Kimball would have agreed with, this uh, bill that's been put out by the House? Obviously not. I would have to say no. And what's fascinating by some of the comments that he makes when he refers to it as this heinous sin, he calls it an unholy transgression, but at the same time, he calls it a sin. Now, wait a minute. You can't have it both ways, LDS Church, because you're trying to tell us also at the same time that a transgression is not a sin. This is how they get away from pointing to Adam and Eve as sinning in the Garden of Eden. They didn't sin, they only transgressed. I know that's confusing, but that's Mormonism. This is confusing. Can you imagine the current president of the church getting up in general conference and saying those things that... Spencer Kimball said in that general conference back in October of 1980. I cannot imagine that at all. Now, we know that Dallin Oaks came out with a statement. This is also found on their newsroom site. He said the distinction between feelings or inclinations on the one hand and behavior on the other hand is very clear. It's no sin to have inclinations that, if yielded to, would produce behavior that would be a transgression. The sin is in yielding to temptation. Temptation is not unique. Even the Savior was tempted. Now, it's interesting how Kimball brings up the passages out of James, which talk about temptation. Notice what the church is saying today. It's not a sin to have the feelings. It's a sin to act on those feelings. If that's the case— You can see why a lot of people are being confused by what the church has recently done in putting its support behind Bill 8404. Because when you engage in the same-sex marriage, there's no holding back the behavior. Now you have a legal license, even in the eyes of Latter-day Saints, to go forth with that behavior. How are you going to condemn it now? And that is why I think there's so much confusion among the masses who are wondering, well, where is the church going on this? Are they changing their position? The church insists it isn't. But yet you're putting your support behind a bill that promotes what you say you're not in favor of. I'm confused by this. When I'm reading these statements, you can imagine why people are confused. It doesn't seem to make sense. It's not consistent. The question that I asked at the beginning of this series, why did they put themselves in this situation? They did not have to come out in favor of this bill. They could have remained quiet and just kept restating their official position when it comes to same-sex marriage. But no, they have to go out and say, hey, we're in favor of this. And you asked a good question, Eric. Who was the one that was really promoting this among the leadership? We know, for instance, that D. Todd Christofferson, an apostle in the church, has a homosexual brother. Could that have been some of the influence that got the church to publicly throw their weight behind this? We have no way of knowing, but I still think they probably should have sat down and and thought about this a little bit more. Maybe they did, and maybe there's something that they see down the road that we're missing. 
maybe they're already prepared to come out with a lot of clarification to let people know, look, we're not changing our position. But I think they put themselves in a very awkward situation. If they had said nothing about this, there would have been no reason to put out any other further statements. If they had said nothing about this, we wouldn't be talking about it today. The reason why we're talking about this is because they decided to publicly throw their weight behind a bill, H.R. 8404, the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act, and now they've put themselves in what I think is a very awkward situation. Now you're going to have to explain yourself, whereas I don't think before they had to do a whole lot of explaining, do you? No. Yeah, because they've already come out with this statement. They had to restate it here in this article. The subheading of this article title is Church Doctrine Still Supports Only Man-Woman Marriage. But Scholars says the news reflects a dramatic reversal of previous teachings. How I read that subheading, Eric, is apparently, at least with this scholar, he doesn't believe it. He thinks something is happening within the decision-making processes of the church leadership. And uh, perhaps by the other quotations that we've cited, they think that they're moving more in the direction of changing that view down the road regarding same-sex marriage. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.